this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. This is Richard Schroeder, and you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the HodgePodge Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Murph from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. You've made a choice to listen to the HodgePodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. Bye. I'm going to go back to cuddling from a blankie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right. Welcome to the HodgePodge podcast. I am D. Hodge, as always. Your host for the podcast. Today on the podcast, it is one of my favorites I've done in a long time. Faith Bardell is on. hope I'm saying that right. Bardell? I think so. She is the lead singer of the Faith Bardell Band. She is from Sanford, North Carolina. We talk a lot in this, and this one is almost a two-hour podcast. Um, I think it was about an hour and a half we talked. Um, we chatted. We, we never met beforehand. Um... And we got along really well, like 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 we've been friends forever. So that's what I try to do on the podcast. So you're gonna hear me introduce her as Faith Leanne. That is my fault. I'm just friends with her on the podcast, or, uh, friends with her on Facebook, and we were chatting back and forth. And I'd seen Faith Leanne, so apologize for that. But yes, her name is Faith Bartle. It's gonna be titled on the podcast, so you'll see it. We talk and nerd out on Aerosmith, Marvel. Disney, music, I mean, and we, everything, we, everything you can imagine we nerd out on, we nerd out on, and uh, you're going to hear me give some cool facts, well, cool facts to me, I hope it was cool facts to her, <laughs> about Aerosmith and all that kind of stuff, so you're going to hear her talk about sharing the stage with one of my favorite country music artists of all time, Justin Moore, you're going to hear the story behind that, sharing the stage with Justin Moore. She also is a 2018 Female Artist of the Year for Carolina Country Music Awards. Also, the 2016 Country Female Artist of the Year for the Carolina Country Music Awards. And also, the one we did not get to because we were too busy nerding out and doing this Joe Rogan-esque type podcast was the 2015 Teen Artist of the Year for the Carolina Country Music Awards. Um, so you're going to hear top five songs, um, our favorite artists, our favorite songs, our favorite albums. You're gonna. This one gets a little bit more personal for me uh, because we get into a, a topic in the podcast later on. I'm not going to spoil it, but if you want to know more personal stuff about me that I don't put out on the podcast, this is the podcast to listen to. Appreciate you guys listening in. Right now, let's go over to Faith Bartle. Welcome to the HodgePodge Podcast. This is episode 147. I got Faith Leanne on. How you doing, Faith? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. So, Faith is the lead singer of the Faith Bardell Band. Is that did I, did I pronounce that right? Bardell Band. Yeah, Bardell. Yeah, you Bardell. got it right. All right, and you are from Sanford, North Carolina. So I want to get you on because I seen a video of the band playing. I don't remember where I'd seen it at exactly. But so, real quick, talk about how the band was uh, formed. Um, well, I started taking guitar lessons when I was 15, and uh, Keith Davis, if you 
and it's he's the one who taught me. And um, I told him that I wanted to be in a band because I had been in a band before with a bunch of teenage boys, and it didn't it didn't right. really work out. Right. And um, so Keith said that he could help me start a band, and he knew Mike Waddell, and um, so really us three we started it, and then. Over the years, you know, band members, they, they come and they go out, but um, my current guitar player, uh, his dad worked with my dad okay. at the Duke Energy plant, and then my drummer was friends with Mike Waddell, and that's how I got these guys. So you are, um, your dad was a musician as well, right? No, he worked at um, the Duke Energy plant. Okay. It's yeah. So what made you want to, you know, growing up in, in North Carolina is, was your family very musical? Um, no. Uh, to be honest, well, I'm adopted by my grandparents. To be honest, okay. um, even on my birth mom's side of the family, there's no musicians that I know of. But on my grandmother's side, um, I have a couple of relatives that sing. My little cousin, she sings. And I have a cousin named Mark. He sings and plays piano. And Nice. So there's a couple of us that are musical, but not not a lot. Right. So where exactly is Sanford, North Carolina? So Sanford is like about evenly in between Fayetteville and Raleigh. We're like smack dab in between both of those. It takes you about 40 minutes to get to Raleigh and 40 minutes to get to Fayetteville. Right. And, um... So I'm from Mississippi, she's from North Carolina, so you just heard her say smack dab. A lot of you people probably don't know what that means. <laughs> that just means right in the middle, <laughs> right there. So we use a lot of language that you guys don't know. Uh, they use they call it a Webster's Dictionary, just just look it up. So um, uh, yeah. what what was it like growing up in North Carolina? Was, what was the atmosphere like growing up with your grandparents? Your, what was What was all that about? Well, I mean, my my first four years, my, my birth mom and I, we were going all over the place in North Carolina. We, okay. to be honest, we were we were homeless. But I lived with my aunt for a while, and then um, um, my mom went on vacation and asked my grandparents if I could stay with them, and they were like, "Of course, you know." And right. so I stayed with them for a while, and then. After a couple of months, my grandparents were like, hey, can she just live with us? And she was like, yeah, that's fine. And so really, when I got, when I came to live here, that was when everything just started looking up. Like, I, I, did, I came here and I had, like, the princess dresses, and I'd never really had those. And, right. you know, normal childhood was great. And um, growing up in North Carolina has been really good. I mean... It's humid all the time, yeah. but other than that, <laughs> I have no complaints. Everyone's always been so nice here, and everyone's been supportive of musicians, and it's a beautiful state. So, I mean, I, I love, I love living here. So, what, what is, like, the temperature there now? Because here, I think it's, like, 92. It, it, it's, like, hot. It's humid um, and dry and... Yeah, it's very humid. I don't know exactly what the temperature. Or I'm outside right now, and it's okay right now. Right. Because we got cloud cover, but it rained yesterday pretty hard. So 
I've got a feeling that if the heat kicks up, it's going to feel like a jungle today. Oh, yeah, it usually gets warm about a little after lunch, maybe a little before, and it's just like... Yeah. If you're going to get outside in Northern Yard... The best way I can describe it, North Carolina is like a sauna. Right, right. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand completely. It's like, you can't... Because it's like, if you want to go mow the yard, you have to go at like 9 o'clock or 6 o'clock, because yeah. time I, I mowed, and it was like... I don't know, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I had no plans, I had no podcast to do. I got so sunburnt that I just got, like, sun poisoning, and that was that, that was the worst feeling. I mean, I was, like, I wore flip-flops and shorts, not thinking, you know, and then it's now it's like I'm trying to get rid of this terrible tan line I got on my feet because it's like a big flip-flop. I was just, it was, it was terrible. I was puking everywhere, didn't know how I got sick. And then they were like, well, you got sun poisoning. Oh, Jesus. God. I know. I was like, man, this is rough. <laughs> so um, I've never gotten sunburned that bad before, but well, it's gravy. I wasn't burnt. It was it was a weird thing. It was just, I wasn't burnt. It was just, I don't know. I guess I just got too much sun more you than could. what I'm normal to, I guess. And it just, my body. Yeah, you could have gotten overheated, too, right. depending on how hot that day was. It, it, all, here it's always between 85 and 100 so it's really no different either day and then Christmas Christmas is usually hot here I mean it'll, it'll get cold and then the, the heat will come right back up and it's just like woo. now we get cold down here too like it'll it'll be really really hot in the summertime right and then in the wintertime it'll snow and you're just kind of confused but one day it'll snow and the next day you can wear shorts so I was just North Carolina temperature is like, yeah, it's, you never know what you're going to get. Right. But you just hope that you can pick out your outfit accordingly a couple days beforehand. <laughs> and then when you pick it out, the next day it's raining or it's... It, exactly. Once you pick out like the best outfit you could ever pick out, then the next day the weather's like, no, not today. <laughs> I get you, I feel you. So, um... You are a member of the Actors, Models, and Talent for Christ, or AMTC for short. What exactly is that, and how did you get into that? Well, I heard about it, um, I think I was 16 or 17 when I had heard about it. And um, my, my little cousins and I, we went and auditioned, and um, what I did was I ended up going to the Atlanta Hub, and um, really what it is is it teaches you about modeling, it teaches you about acting, it teaches you techniques for singing or, you know, doing comedy or whatever it is that you want to do. They, for example, I had no idea how you're supposed to walk on a runway. No idea. They taught me how to do that. They taught me how to do improv for comedy and stuff like that. And... Really, they, they, they try to teach you all of the aspects of every entertainment genre, I guess. Um, and then they do a showcase in Florida. And what they do there is they invite different people from the industry, modeling, music, acting, the whole nine yards, they invite people in. And um, one of the things I had to do was I had to co-write with people and write a song right. in, a, in a couple of days, like in a day. And, and 
I'll never forget, we were talking about something, and I said to the people that I was supposed to write with that I was tickled over it. Uh-huh. And they were like, what? Yeah, and so we ended up writing a song called Tickled, and it was just, it was like about this person having this crush. Anyway, and again, I was 17, so like everything was about crushes. And um, so once you get there, you can give them your headshot. They'll teach you how to do a resume and everything, and then you pretty much give your information to the companies there, and then they look it over and give callbacks, and sometimes they might not, but either way, it was a big learning experience for everyone there, and I met a lot of cool people, and it's a big network, to be honest, Mm because I've met so many people that were a part of it from all over the country. That was really cool. So, um, as we speak here, I have notes written in front of me, but I also like getting on the website. So, if you like to figure out where the Faith Bartle Band is at, you can go to faithbartle.com. Um, so, Faith, you were uh, the 2018 Carolina Country Music Awards Female Artist of the Year. What, um, yes, sir. What was that like? That was really, really cool. That was my second year of being involved in the in the award show and Christy and 93.9 and 100.1 All American Country they have done a phenomenal job with that award show um, Brian Mayer he uh, he would sing the national anthem at the beginning which I, I really admired and he did a fantastic job and all the musicians there are just spectacular and I was very shocked to win I did not think I was going to win, but I was okay with it. I was just excited to be back, to be honest. So when they said my name, I was like, I don't know if I heard them correctly or not, but I'm going to go out there. Funny thing is, I didn't prepare anything to say, so I was just fly by the seat of my pants and Mm. hope I didn't stutter. (laughs) So when you figure out you're nominated, do you right away write a thank you speech or do you just like okay or is there something inside you just like I'm probably not going to win so I'm not going to not going to write one if I if I do win it I'm just going to wing it um no when I get nominated well usually when I get nominated for stuff I don't go ahead and come up with a, a speech just because to me that's the wrong mentality no like not in a bad way but like Right. I don't want to sit there and automatically think I'm going to win. And so what I do is, like, maybe the day of the awards show. In the past, my mom and dad and I, for the Carolina Music Awards in 2016, we we talked the day of the awards show on the way there, and my parents were like, hey, what are you going to say if you win? And I was like, that's a great question. I have no idea. So we sat there and we talked about it real quick, and my mom and dad are both great wordsmiths, so they helped me figure out what I was going to say. And then, then once you get up there, it's just, you hope you remember it, because your adrenaline's going. I, I had these beautiful bell bottoms this, at the Carolina Country Music Awards from Thistle and Clover. Mm-hmm. And I got so many compliments on them. I swear to the good Lord above, you could see them shake because my legs were shaking. Like, you get up there, and singing and talking are very different. <laughs> right. Right. And so, did you always... Uh 
obviously it's a big group of people, did, but in school, did you struggle with like um, standing up in front of the class and doing a presentation or anything like that? Or was it just, this was just something new or what? understand 100% because um, when I graduated at probably when did I graduate 16 maybe 15 something like that um, we would um, we would have to do this big uh, senior year presentation and it was just like if I could make one joke and they could loosen up and laugh and know I could probably tell a joke then I would be much better off doing that yeah. and then saying it instead of just saying in 2004 this president did this instead of me going well, this dead guy over here did this and that, and then they would get a laugh, and I'd be like, okay, now maybe I can turn turn my words a little bit and make it more funnier. It, 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 to me, it just calmed me down more if I was able to do that. Not, I don't know why I nerded out about this, but uh, one of my favorite artists um, in country music today, probably top five of all time, is Justin Moore. And you guys got to share the stage with Justin Moore. Yeah, we did. I would have, I would have flipped my lid. I'm not lying. There goes another country term for you. Flip my lid. I would have, I would have flipped. <laughs> I didn't know what, what was, what was it like sharing the stage with with Justin Moore. happen to hear this i'm gonna flip my lid because not a lot of people do listen i mean some people do listen to it but if he says i'm listening to it i'm not gonna say not listen to it because th- th- he's like one of my country well yeah if he listens right, to right, it just know justin moore i no. think you're very very nice <laughs> uh some of the best people in the world are short so oh yeah okay. and, and and i'm the same way with you like um if i'm freaking out about somebody or gonna fangirl over them i'm just gonna do it uh, it's it's natural like I have really bad anxiety and so when like when I go to like a concert it doesn't even matter if I'm just going I know I'm not gonna meet them afterwards it's just like okay I can't eat nothing from this time to this time because if I do I'm gonna, I'm gonna puke like it's, it's this weird thing and then like um 
my hero is Bobby Bones. One one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast. And I've met the guy. Oh, that is so cool. I met the guy, shoot, probably twenty something times. Um, I've done his Wikipedia and all that, so it's kind of like we know it. He talks about me on the show sometimes, and it's like he kind of knows who I am, but it's still like, okay, if I'm going to see his stand-up show or his comedy show or whatever he's doing, he always meets people afterwards, and I'm always going to freak out no matter how many times I meet him. And it's just, it's just one of those things. I can't imagine meeting like uh, my idols like Steven Tyler or, or Justin Moore, for that example. I would oh, just, I, don't even. If I met Steven Tyler, <laughs> like, I've, in the past, like, people we've gotten to open up for, I've done a pretty good job of right. pretty much my mom and dad and bandmates seeing the geeking outside and yeah. me being kind of calm with them. Right. Not if I ever met Steven Tyler. Aaron Smith is my favorite band besides my, the Eagles, and I've gotten to see the Eagles. This is awesome. But, like, if I ever met Steven Tyler, yeah, I, I would probably hyperventilate and pass out. I'm but, not going to lie. That man's voice <laughs> amazes me. Yes. Aerosmith is by far my favorite band of all time. And then probably uh, probably Hootie and the Blowfish would be second. Um, and then Kiss would follow as a third. But, yeah, if I was to meet Steven Tyler, ah, man, I don't – I kind of – it would be kind of this thing would be like – because someone told me one time, they were like, I can probably get you Steven Tyler on the podcast. And, you know, I would I appreciate that, but it would be like, no, I don't want to do that. Because I would not be able to make it through the podcast in a way. Not, <laughs> not in a weird way, but it's just like, that's the guy that I look up to. And I've seen the struggles that he's had, and he was still able to make the music what he's making it. And I wouldn't be able to... Man, I, I just don't... I don't know what I would do. Like, if... If I was to meet any of the Aerosmith people, or even see them and see them live, I would just flip, and I would probably, like you said, hyperventilate and pass out. I, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, I've listened to them for so long, and then now I'm getting the chance to meet them. Man, what's that going to do? And then, and of course, you don't want to make a fool of yourself, so you don't really talk that much. But then you look like a jerk or a dick because you didn't talk. It, it's, it's those things that I have to um, that we all got to figure out on our own. It's just. You, 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 I say that you should t- always tell somebody if you're a fan, but never fan out on them. I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's yeah. Oh, it's it's rough. So, um, speaking of Aerosmith, then we'll get back to uh, to to some of your stats here in a second. What is one of your favorite Aerosmith songs, or a couple of your favorite Aerosmith songs? Okay, well, my favorite. Oh, that's such a tough question. I think my favorite would have to be Dude Looks Like a Lady. Just because of the guitar and everything. Like, that whole song, even the way it was produced, is just... It's a different and fun song. I've I've been mad, and that song has come on, and I'm jamming. Like, I'm over whatever I was upset about. My other favorite is Big Ten Inch Record. Just because I love, like, that 60s kind of sound of... Yeah. Do you know... I would love to go back in time and see when that song was getting produced. So I'm a big music nerd. I'm going to give you a cool fact about the Dude Looks Like a Lady song. Do you know how in the very beginning of the song it goes, what up, like somebody's talking, and then it, the guitar goes, dun Yeah. Dun. Do you know what that is, making that why not sound before the guitar hits? That is... I thought it was Steven. No. What they did was they had missed... The, something had happened with the track, and it overplayed on the beginning of it. And so what they did was they went in and they 
cut that out, but that, that very first two seconds of it is what they did not take out, and that's become like really iconic of how they did that. Oh, wow, that's cool. My favorite Aerosmith song um, is Angel um, um, from the Permanent Vacation record, which happens to be one of my favorite records of all time. Because, for one, Permanent Vacation was the only, it was the first album they made not on drugs or not drinking. So, this first album they made sober, and that had Do Looks Like a Lady on it as well. And it was cool to see that they can come from the 70s and get high and do all this. But then can go to rehab and calm down and still make killer songs without having to have yeah. any kind of drugs or alcohol in their system. Yeah, I mean, granted, a lot of their stuff is very upbeat and very, you know, obviously out there just like he was. Yeah. It is. But <laughs> I, have a, I have a mad amount of respect for anyone who... Even if they're known for, you know, they're living a crazier life or whatever, if they have that talent, whether they're sober or not. So it's like, right. I appreciate being, you know, like you said with that song and that that record, being able to make music without anything to quote unquote assist you is is phenomenal. I think right. that to me that's more respectable than. Oh, yeah, I did so high last night and I wrote this song. Like, I'm not trashing anyone who does. To each their own. I mean, Willie Nelson is, like, yeah. a freaking legend. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't judge you on what you do as long as you stay safe and yeah. make good decisions. But as a musician and a geek of music, I think that it is insanely cool when a legend's like, hey, I can do absolutely nothing and I can still write a hit song. It's like, that is just... God gave you such an amazing gift with that. Another thing about his voice, I saw on uh, TV. I'm geeking out now. Now you got me. No, it's cool. It's um, what this podcast is for. We geek out all the time on here. It's cool. Tim, they did, uh, I forget what it's called. They put, like, the little camera down his throat to look at his vocal cords. Right, right, right. And see, when I was little, I thought, man, that guy's hurt. Like, that's going to hurt. No, his vocal cords legit do that. And I am just... I'm in awe of it. And my dad, I think I was like seven. My dad had this rock and roll CD that my mom burned off the computer. And it had a Wog This Way on it, which I do in my band. And when I heard that song for the first time, to my recollection, I loved it. I thought, whoa, this guy's voice is insane. Yeah. And so artists like him and... Artists, for example, like Adele. I listen to Adele a lot, and she can go from sweet voice to that raspy, and I just, I adore it. Janis Joplin, like anyone who can pull off that raspiness and it not have to be raspy all the time is, I'm, I'm envious. I'm not going to lie. I, I wish I could do that so bad. <laughs> Right, and I, I want to give you, uh, you, you said walk this way. There is um, a line on there where, um, I, also, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm geeking out here, I'm getting off track, but just a few more no, facts that I, that I know off the top of my head, because I've read Steven Tyler's book like 12 times, like literally, Does the Noise in My Head Bother You is one of my favorite books of all time. I love that book, I read that, I've read that book. It, it, is, it is so fantastic, and then... Um, Joe Perry's Joe Perry's is okay. It gets kind of gets kind of dull in the middle of it, kind of boring. But once you get through that, it's good. But I don't know. 
I read this somewhere. I don't know if it's true, so don't take me for it. But in the song "Walk This Way," he'll go, uh, "Just give me a kiss." When it first started yeah. out, when he was little, he was called the N-word lips. And in, yeah. the, in the song "Walk This Way," it used to go, "Give me a kiss on my N-word lips." And it was oh, okay. Yeah, and it had to be taken out because they used the N word. And I don't yeah, know if I've ever heard. That. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard Steven Tyler say it in concert before. But uh, anyways, but, no, uh, I've watched too many live videos. Me too. Me he too. hasn't. I, it, it, it's a little too ballsy even right, for him. Right. <laughs> right. But Steven Tyler is always ballsy, anyways. So it wouldn't. I mean. Yeah, he is. He's crazy. And. Also, um, it, it's weird to me because you think of Steven Tyler or, or Aerosmith and you, you were like, walk this way and dream on and stuff like that. It's weird to me because Don't Want to Miss a Thing is Aerosmith's only ever number one song. And it's like, it's, it's mind-boggling to me because you like, I got all these songs, but they were top ten or top five or they didn't even make the cut into the top 40. And they're these massive songs and the only number one song they had wasn't even their song that they wrote. It was... Don't want to miss a thing, and that. Um, and I love that song. It's one of my favorites. It, it, I'm not. It, it's. It's um one of those that just because it was on the movie. Um, what was it Armageddon? Armageddon. Yeah, with Bruce yeah. Willis, and I think that was one of the first times I heard the song, and I was like, "What is this?" And that, that's kind of like where I was introduced to Aerosmith. But yeah, if you watch that oh. don't, that Don't Want to Miss a Thing video, you see Steven Tyler. He is actually uh, sitting down, and they make him look like he's standing up with the other band members. He had, uh, I think, he had ACL surgery on his left knee, and they he had to sit down. And he's wearing this big fur coat, and it's making him look like he's he's actually sitting. But somehow they made him look like he was standing up with the other band, and that that was just something that was like, wow, that's that, that's pretty cool, pretty legit. No, that's cool. So um. You, uh, did you guys have your first show on July twenty fourth? Is that is that what I saw? July twenty fourth was the first show for you guys, or was I wrong? Oh no! Well, that was my first. It was my second show in Vegas. I played in Vegas. Okay, okay, I got you. I got you. So you um were at Losers Bar and MGM Grand with Ryan Trotty. Um, Yeah. What What was that like? Was it how did how did that day go when you were like okay you're gonna come play at Losers Bar and, and you're gonna play with Ryan Trotty what what were you what? yeah Ryan asked me back in April I believe it was if I wanted to go to Vegas and I was like I mean yeah but you know are you sure and he's like yeah and um it was thirteen shows in seven days and um we did two shows a day every day and um. It honestly was one of the best weeks of my life career-wise. Just, see, in that bar, they are there to hear you. Because there's not any food or anything. You can get a drink, you can talk yeah. to your friends. It's a bar bar. So, like, you're there pretty much for the music. And um, we had people, there was one place, it was pretty much packed. And everyone was singing along, and everyone was dancing, and it was... The energy there is insane, and I'm the kind of musician that I feed off that energy. If you're coming in and you're pumped and ready to go, 
Dude, I will match that energy the best that I can. And we had uh, I had my own fan club in one of the pictures. These guys are uh, with a bicycling group, and I'm pretty much friends with all of them now online. And they all came in, and they were uh, sitting state by Sugarland. They were all up against the barriers right in front of the stage. Right. And uh, we were getting ready to take a break. And never in my life have I ever had anyone chant my name before. Really? But all of these guys started chanting my name, and I swear, <laughs> I cried like a baby. That was the coolest thing in the world. And Ryan and his band, they are phenomenal. Ryan is a great musician, a great songwriter. Um, if anyone is like, I don't know who that is, look him up. He's on Spotify, iTunes, and Amazon right. Music, and he's on Facebook and Twitter. And it was it was an amazing week, and I've currently been talking to the booking agent trying to get myself back there. I had never been to Vegas before, and Vegas, honestly, I, between you and me, I wasn't fully expecting to like it, just because I saw it as one big party place, and I've never even been to a party, so mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if this is for me, but when I got there, it was like, this is amazing. I would not mind coming back here numerous times to sing. I'm very thankful that my first trip to Vegas involved me having shows. So, I think that's what really made it for me. Right. So 13 shows in seven days. Is that, does it, because you're, what are you playing, two, three shows a day? Something like that? Yeah, we play uh, two-hour shows in the afternoon and then four-hour shows at night. So that, that must be killer. Like, it, it must oh, be it out. It is. It's very, very exhausting. Um, but on the same note, I thought it's kind of a challenge. I've been seeing my vocal coach since I was 15, okay. 14. And um, I had I made sure that I did my vocal warm-ups and I did them every day. And then once you start getting tired, the biggest thing is to, like, stay away from caffeine and alcohol. If there's any musicians listening and you're like, hey, I want to try that, but I don't know if I can. The biggest thing is if you start getting worse, see, I have to make all these little ugly noises, and I'm not going to show you what they are, but if you're interested in a vocal coach, I Bell <laughs> and she's in Carrie. But I got this thing from Starbucks. I'd never gotten it, and this guy that I know, he told me about it. It's called a medicine ball. Have you ever had that? Uh-uh. I've never heard of it. So it's got, like, three different types of tea. It's got steamed lemonade and peppermint in it. Okay. And hearing it, I thought, okay, that sounds disgusting, but whatever. But I got it. It was delicious. Yeah. And it kind of coated my throat, which is exactly what you're going to need if you're doing that. And... That dry heat is no joke. You, They gave us like a whole 24-pack of mini water bottles, and I'm pretty certain I almost finished the whole pack by the end of the week. You, you got to stay hydrated out there. But right. it was it was kind of a challenge for myself because I, I told myself, if you can do this, mm -hmm. then then you're, you're good. Like, you have a very solid voice if you can do it. And I was very proud of both Ryan and I because we both – we held up till the very end, and our last show was fantastic, and and um, it kind of gave me reassurance of like, okay, you can, you are meant to do this. If you can do this, you are meant to do it, and everybody needs a little reassurance every now and then, so it was, it was right. really awesome to prove that to myself. So, I'm going to, uh, we're, we're about 33 minutes into this thing, I figured we could go a little bit longer, um. 
Good Lord, time flew by. I'm sorry I keep talking. No, no, that's what I like. I book them for I book them for an hour only because if I say thirty minutes and it goes forty, that looks bad on me. So I usually say thirty to an hour. Sometimes it go longer than an hour. Um, but I want to drill you real quick. Um, I'm gonna be drilling myself as well. So, okay. Without writing anything down, give me your top five favorite artists. We're gonna go back and forth. So you Johnny get, Cash. Okay. Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Patsy Klein, Chris Stapleton, and Steven Tyler. All right. Uh, all right. Now that was pretty quick. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> mine would be number one would be John Mayer. Um, I oh. gotta have Eminem in there. Do you know I'm not going to. I'll never do it on stage, but no, in my truck, woo, I, I get can, it. I can do the uh, rap god, the where he where he breaks the world record for saying the um, what's the whatever the yeah. fast word. I can do that whole thing, and it was um, it took I think it took me like maybe four days till I was able to actually rap the whole entire like eight minute song, <laughs> and it was and then oh, when you get to the fast awesome. part, you, know, you can keep going, keep going, and like. Never gonna do it. Nobody's ever gonna know that. So you, everybody knows. You're the first person that actually knows that. Besides family wise, so on the podcast. So see, I don't tell anyone that I can do that. Like there's some right. rap songs that I've learned the whole thing. Yeah. And I wait until we're on our way somewhere, and the song comes on my playlist, and then I'm like, oh, and I just do the whole thing, and then they're looking at me like, hey, look, I didn't know you could do that. And I'm like, yep, and don't tell anyone either because <laughs> that's not my forte. Okay. Okay. Right. So, um, my five artists would be John Mayer, Eminem, Elvis Presley, probably Ben Folds from Ben Folds 5. Um, I'm going to put Aerosmith in there besides Steven Tyler, even though he did release. I think his country album was actually pretty good. Um, so It was good. I liked it. So, yeah, I have to throw Aerosmith in there, and I also have to throw Ben Folds in there. Um, so, you mentioned playlists. Do you have playlists for everything, or do you just put go to your songs and click shuffle and it plays everything. Because for me, personally, um, I have a playlist for everything I do. If I'm putting up a podcast, I have a playlist called Putting Up the Podcast. And it's just these slow songs. Then I have like a shower playlist. It's, it's oh, really I have a shower jam. Yeah. I have a playlist. Like my shower playlist is called Shower Jam. Yeah, so no, I have too. everything from legit Disney songs to <laughs> like... Post Malone, like I have right. the whole, I have everything, I have Johnny Cash in there, like right. I've got the whole thing. I can have the whole Super Bowl halftime in the shower, but um, I kind of have a playlist for everything. I have one for if me and my dad are taking a trip, Yeah. because my dad likes rock, and me and my dad jam out to the Black Keys a lot, so there's a lot of Black Keys in okay. that list, and then I have like my Queen songs, just because I don't really like to jam out while I'm getting ready, and play it through my speaker and my mom and dad are like whoa hey now so I have a queen list and then I have like my main jams playlist which I pretty much listen to when I'm going somewhere in the truck I don't really listen to the radio much anymore me neither because for me I can listen to what I want to listen to on my phone Um, and to me I'm an album person for, for certain people like for me right now, Justin Moore is always an album person for me. And then it's like, Eminem releases one, it's, it's cool. And then, lately I've been on an Old Dominion kick. Um, all their albums They're are really fantastic. Good. Like, there's not one song on there that... Because usually if there's an album in it, let's give or take album 
have about 13 songs. There's only going to be five or six that I'm going to keep, and the other ones are going to be thrown away because I don't like them. So it, it, it's, it's a weird situation for me, how I, how I do music. It's just, I listen to it a certain way, and people are like very agitated how I listen to music, and it's just, we, we, all, we all cohere it and, and, and do everything differently, and it's just, man, one of those weird things. Yeah. So... Like, for me, I have a, a Dell 25 album and a Platinum by Miranda Lambert, and those are two of the ones that I know every single song on those albums because I'll listen to the whole thing. There's, the, there's a couple of albums that, like, all of the songs set out, but there's not a lot that, that do that for me. So I'm with you on, like, there's a couple that yeah. stand out. So you're on a podcast now. Do you listen to podcasts at all, or have you ever? I do sometimes. I don't a lot just because I'm still kind of getting used to it, I guess. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, I like podcasts. I think they're, I think they're cool. So, you were the... I'm going to get back to drilling you in just a little bit. Uh, we're going to do songs. Okay. So, so, think about songs real quick while, as you answer this question. Multitask here. You were the... 2016 Country Female Artist of the Year as well as the 2018 Female Artist of the Year. So, were you expecting to win that one? I mean, obviously, you're not always any. You're not expecting to win any award, but was there ever a point yeah. when you were nominated, you were just like, okay, maybe I do have this win here? I think it was the 2016 one, where because that year, like every show, I was handing out papers to people on how to vote. Okay. Which, I mean. I, a part of me thought I would, but I won the youth the year before, so it was like, I didn't know if I would or not, but I had a feeling like, okay, it is an actual possibility that I could win, and um, so, that I mean, but I never thought that I actually would, I was like, there's like a, like a 60% chance, and then when my name got called, it was like, everything I practiced with my mom and dad just flew right out of my head, it was like, uh. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that's kind of cooler in that if you forget what you worked on, at least what you say will be genuine because you're going to have to tell the truth because you're not going to have time to lie kind of thing, you know? It's like, but that wouldn't lie on there anyway. That came out a little wrong, but you know what I mean? No, uh, uh, if you forget a speech, you prepare. It's from the heart. <laughs> no, I understand 100%, but me, if I was to win, let's say if I was to win any kind of award like that, I would just get up there and just go blank because it's kind of like because you're in the middle of shock because you're like I'm going up like let's say if I was on a podcast award like I'm up against Dak Shepard and then Bobby Bones and I'm up against these people and I beat all these people that I listen to out now it's like are these people going to like me anymore because I beat them out are they going to think that I'm a jerk are they going to do this or that it's just all the stress and anxiety that I would fear if I was to ever win any kind of award because it would all just slip from my mind and I would just say nonsense up there on the stage. Yeah, I think I think there's always, no matter what you're doing, that kind of first initial thought of like, oh, I hope nobody's mad. And then I thought about it later, and it's like, well, I mean, really, if anyone's mad at you for winning, that's more of a reflection on them than it is on you. Right. And it's the same that it depends, like. I get being mad if someone was up there and they're like, ha, beat you. Like, hey, wiener. <laughs> yeah. But not like, I've always made it a point to maybe say, 
you know, I'm among great artists in this room, or, you know, something like that, and I am, because every single award show I've ever done, I mean, there's a reason these people get nominated for these awards, and it's not because mommy and daddy did anything, it's because they have a great talent, and I think that people respect that of, you know, if, I've never really worried about anyone being mad, but that's just because, for me, I guess, I've never been mad when anyone else won. So it's like, right. it's, I think it, I would hope that people would see that if they get mad, it's more of a reflection on them than the person who won, depending on how that person acted when they won. <laughs> Let me ask you this, because I'm always thinking of this like, 99% of the celebrities, give or take the artists or the, the people that play in movies or anything like that, 90, probably 98, 99% of them have come from nothing and now they're this. Why do you think they have more get up and go than people that grew up rich and, 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 and had all this money? Like To me, it's like they're trying to have something that they didn't have growing up so they can supply for their children. They want their children to have more than what they had. But then it's also the point of, okay, all these people that said he he's going to be nothing but, but, a, but a double wide trailer dirt road kid. I'm going to get out here and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to get myself out of a double wide trailer and, and into something you know more stable. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I think that a lot of times, like, for example... I guess with me and my mom and stuff, because like I said, my mom left when I was four, and she never once thought about, you know, hey, I really want you in my life, or hey, I really want to, I love you kind of thing. It was never like that, and so right. for a long time, I was kind of like, I did feel like I couldn't do this. I did feel like I wasn't good enough. I questioned everything I did, and I had the fear of like, you know, what if my grandparents leave, too? You know, like, what if I make them mad one day and they leave? And to my very fortunate and blessed life, they haven't left. And they, they, my dad runs down at my shows and my mom sells merch. I think that the reason why, though, is my motive, one of my big motives, is I never want anyone to feel like they aren't enough because of what they've been through. And I think that, yeah, probably a big part of it is, hey, I don't want this life. I can do so much more than what I've been, than the situation I'm in. I can do more than this. I can make my life better. And I think that everyone loves the underdog story anyway, but I think that for each individual person, it's like, you know, either I know I'm meant for more, or, you know, I want to set an example for other people that might have gone through what I've been through, or... You know, it's just, I knew I was meant to do it kind of thing. And I think that there's also a more respect for someone who started from nothing and built it. Right. There's a mad respect to that because they were set on their goals. They knew what they wanted and they went after it and made it happen. And for me, it doesn't get more of the American dream than that. Of just working your tail off to get what you want and then end up getting it, I think is an example of what everyone should aspire to. You should be dedicated to whatever you want in life and go for it. You know, 
I deal with what you just said. What if my grand? What if I make my grandparents mad and they leave? You know, in my life, I've had people just get up and take off, and they just don't care. You know. Um, yeah. And to me, that's kind of a that's kind of where I'm at a standpoint. Okay, if I do this, or if I tell this story on this podcast. I better not because that person's gonna not want nothing to do with me anymore. And if that happens, that's one less person that I have in my life, you know. And, 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 yeah. and, and now to the fact, it's like, well, is it really my fault, or are they really having a problem because they're actually they, they it's doubt they they feel bad because they actually did this to this person, and that's exactly. why they don't want nothing to do with it. But then it's also inside me, like, okay. There's also a point that's like, in in me, it's like, I don't really want to make them mad and leave. But if they do get mad and they leave, then screw it. There's nothing that I can do. Like, like, for for example, get I don't want to get a little personal here, but but for an example, my brother just had a kid. So my brother's younger than me. So I'm 21. He's like 18. So he just had a kid, and he's actually engaged to his fiance. And my thing is, I can't get too attached to the nephew, because what if the fiance is like, okay, I'm leaving you, and she takes the kid, and they take off. And in back of my head, I'm like, oh well, there's nothing I can do about it, so I might as well not worry about it. It's just, it's just, yeah. this, it's just these weird ticks that I have, and it's just like, you know, you're never gonna find nobody, because nobody's gonna deal with the ticks that you got. <laughs> All kind of messed up. <laughs> Well, no, I think that, you know, again, like, because it took me a long time, a long, long time, 15 years in total, maybe 16, and I still struggle with it, of realizing, look, she didn't, my mom didn't leave me because of something I did. Right. It wasn't my fault that my mom didn't want me. Mm -hmm. It's her, And, and it took me years to to figure that out and finally like look at myself and say look dude it wasn't your fault you're okay like you have a mom and dad that picked you like that's that yeah. says so much more than and I would want that to be my story than yeah. hey my mom left I want it to be yeah she left but these two amazing people picked me right. like I, it, life doesn't get any better than that and I think that everyone has these these fears and these ticks, I still have, I have a ton of fears, I have fears that make sense and fears that don't, and I worry about people leaving, but at the same time, I think that, you know, my thing is, I'm down to be friends with anyone, I'm down to get pretty much close to anyone, and if they leave, then they leave, and if not, then, dang it, we'll be friends for life, I think that... Uh And I'm about to go off on a tiny, tiny tangent. I'll be <laughs> go quick. Ahead. But I think that I think that society as a whole, we we tend to worry about people leaving. And we do that a lot. And I've seen it a lot throughout my life. And I, that's a fair worry. Like, that's a legit fear. I'm not trying to belittle it. Right. But I think that a lot of times we spend so long looking at the negative or looking at the fear and stuff that we forget the beauty of it. For example, there's a big divide and I think that I'm thankful. Well, that makes me thankful for music because music brings all of us together. You can have a completely different ideal in life than me and we can jam out to the same stuff and so we have a common 
people are like, yeah, but that's just music. No, it's, we have nothing in common except for our love for Aerosmith. <laughs> that connects us somehow. We we have something to talk about, and yeah. then I'm sure we can find other stuff to relate to. Right. And I think that's the thing. We all need to just be more open-minded and maybe a little more of like, I don't know what you've been through, but sure. if you were to open up and tell me, I would want to understand it. Right. And I, I don't know why I'm going off on it, but I think that just... I think that a lot more people care about that kind of thing and care about wanting to understand and get to know the people around them than we like to portray. And I think that if anyone lives in fear, nothing will ever get done. And, for example, Walt Disney. I found this out. Walt Disney, like, starting up the whole company. Yeah. He was... He had several people look at some of his first exactly. cartoons or whatever and tell him, dude, you're horrible. This isn't going to work. And now the company owns, like, half of everything. They own like, everything. The whole world is pretty much Disney. And so I think that surrounding yourself with people who genuinely care about you, but also looking at the positives in life, there is no limit to where you can go. No limit. And the same thing with um, that happened to uh, Walt Disney happened to St- uh, Stephen King. Like he was trying to exactly. sell Carrie like for years, and nobody wanted it. And finally, that one person came and was like, "I like this. I'm going to print it." And now Stephen King is one of the biggest horror book writers of all time. Exactly, and I guarantee you, like that person that said yes. He didn't focus on all the people that said no. He focused on the person that said yes, and that's what's important, too. You can't let right. fear of failure, and that's a big thing that I've struggled with. You can't let fear of failure stop you from creating stuff and moving in a new direction. Like, And that's hard to do. I'm not trying to 100%. say, like, oh, just listen to me and you'll figure it all out. Like, no, it's going to be hard, but... Mm-hmm. I fail on a daily basis, and yeah. I am okay because I... I do something right every day, and that makes me feel good. And I know that I'm headed in a good direction. Exactly. I'm I'm an overly positive person sometimes, and sometimes my mom and dad are the voice of positivity. Yeah. (laughs) It it, changes. And it's weird. It's like I take Steve Harvey as an example for me because all the people – all the people in society that's not famous and they're looking at watching the TV, they see Steve Harvey as this guy that – runs everything he's running family feud all these talk shows all this big radio show but what they don't see is he was living in his car for two years they don't see the Mm -hmm. fail they see the projection of where they're at now and like man i bet that guy's rolling in money well that may be true but i also think he's putting some back just in case because he knows he can go back to that very quickly yeah i mean we all we all look at a snapshot of someone's life. For example, years ago, I would get so jealous yeah. over things I saw online. I would. I would get jealous over the model-looking girls. I'd get jealous over, oh, well, this person's playing a bigger venue than me. And it's like, dude, you're looking at a snapshot of a split second in someone's life. Yeah. I have no idea what they went through that morning, what they went through the night before. I don't know. And they don't know what I've been through, but... I think that we, again, that, you know, 
we look at a snapshot and we think that's that whole person's life, that their life is sunshine and rainbows. And so that's why I really love when people that are on top, they get vulnerable and they tell us about the stuff that they've been through, not from a negative standpoint. But I sit there and I say, wow, look at what you've done with that, though. And I think that that's really inspiring. I'd much rather hear that story than... So I heard you guys have been asking about my skincare products, and it's like no one asked. Like, we don't really want to know about that. (laughs) Sure, 100%. I've just been seeing a lot more memes making fun of those influencers. That that was yeah. tiny. No, no, tiny I get it. So I take notes as I go because sometimes you'll we we will say something and I want to go back on it or something like that. You in the playlist that you yeah. mentioned that you listen to a lot of Disney. So I also I love Disney. Like Disney, probably because I'm I'm a younger twenty one year old, you know, and it's like we grew up on the Disney side. So what's one of your favorite Disney movies? Oh, my all-time favorite Disney movie is Hercules. I can Hercules. quote the whole movie, and it has been so underappreciated. To be honest, I think I first saw that movie when I came to live with my grandparents, and I was sitting in the in the bedroom, and I remember when the muses started to sing, and right. I thought, whoa, I fell in love right then. Yeah. I was like, that kind of music got me every time. And so I honestly credit... Like, that was my, probably my first taste of, like, more of a gospel, right. soul kind of music. And I was like, hey, I really, I could get used to this. And so I think I credit that a little bit with my initial love for soul music. Yeah, my... My next favorite is Emperor's New Groove. Emperor, I love Emperor's New... I'm not a big Hercules fan. I don't think... I think I've watched it once, but that was when I... But if I was to watch it now, maybe I'd be like, okay, it's all right, but... When I, I remember when I first watched it, I was like, what is this stuff? What, what, what am I watching here? This this god <laughs> being a Disney person. But uh, my my all-time favorite Disney movie, without a doubt, is The Lion King. 100%. Oh, yeah. Lion King is amazing. Have, did you watch the, the remake? The new one they just did? I haven't yet, but I'm going to. Let me tell you something. People, <laughs> people complain because, you know... I, I don't like when they take a movie and they change the plot. Because, like, for yeah. example, they took um, uh, what did they? Uh, Alice in Wonderland. They took that. Matt Hatter did not look nothing like a clown in, in in the original cartoon, but they took Johnny Depp and they morphed him into this weird clown-looking thing. And the movie made no sense to me. Yeah. So I was scared they were going to take my favorite all-time Disney movie. And turn it into something that has made no sense. But I'm telling you right now, Faith, it is 100% exactly like the cartoon. Same lines, same plot, same everything. But the thing is, to me, they added more stuff to scenes that needed more dialogue and depth. And they actually took stuff out that didn't need to be in. And they actually added additional scenes like... um, like when Nala, when she, when, when um, Simba, when he finally met Timon and Pumbaa, and he actually grew up to a full, full adult lion. When next thing you know, you see Nala and she's drinking water with Simba. Well, in the mm-hmm. new one, they make her journey of why she went to find Simba or went to find help. And I thought, I thought I was like, man, why didn't the cartoon be like this? We needed this exactly. Yeah. It, it's and then. I don't know. 
people were complaining about it. It got like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm like, are you nuts? It was a 5 out of 5 for me. And then, <laughs> my, my second favorite Disney movie would be Toy Story, obviously. I'm a big Toy Story fan. Um, so, uh, Emperor's New Groove is that. Uh, I'm a big fan of David Spade, and so when it David Spade's in it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good, and it's actually one of my favorites as well. Oh yeah, I love the the <clears throat> dynamic between Croc and Isla a lot. Yeah, and it's cool because it's like. Um, so, what is some of your? Um, Favorite songs of all time. Give me your top five. Oh, okay. Top five favorite songs? Good lord. Um, or or j- j- not top five. Just give me a couple. Just give me a couple. While you think, I'm going to go okay. ahead and give you mine while I think. Or while you think. So, okay. mine um, is, mine are Stop This Train by John Mayer. Um, man, uh-huh. probably Outlaws Like Me, Justin Moore. Um, Imagine from John Lennon. And probably can't help falling in love with uh, by Elvis, and then God only knows when the Beach Boys falls fifth. And so, what about you? Just a couple. You don't have to give me. I gave five, but I actually wrote them down. So I was actually lying on my part. So <laughs> give me a couple of yours. All right. So I love Respect by Aretha Franklin. Right. I love. Let's see. Whiskey and You by Chris Stapleton. Okay. That, that, no, uh, that, that, that's an album cut. That's a deep cut from... Now we're getting into... Yeah. Now we're getting into something that's like... I don't want to get into because we could go another hour into this thing. Like, <laughs> album cuts. We could get into album cuts and be on here forever. For me, personally. Uh, I love Desperado by the Eagles. Okay. Um, what did you think of Desperado, um, the cover from Clint Black? What did you think about that one? Did you like that? I mean, obviously it's not as good as the Eagles, but what did you think about it? I liked it, mm-hmm. but for me, nothing will ever top the, the Eagles. Eagles version. Right, right. Um, like I said, I love Dude Looks Like a Lady by Aerosmith. And honestly, I really love... I want to dance with somebody by Whitney Houston. Nice, not nice picks. I'm I'm not a big Aretha person, personally to me, um, because I'm more of a sad song, depressed song kind of kind of cat. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just me. Like I've always been the kind of person that's like, oh, this album's no good because it has no slow melody songs. Like, it just has these fast upbeat ones. That I don't want to deal with. I, it's just, it's just a weird thing for me. So we are actually going on hitting an hour right now. As I say that, um, last couple of questions here. I don't want to keep you on too long. Um, mm-hmm. I do this new thing now on the podcast. If you don't have one, that's totally fine. But I'm a big believer in these conspiracy theories and the paranormal. Have you ever had a ghost story or anything happen to you unexplainable? Oh, um, okay, well, this is going to sound dumb, but okay. here at the house, we got this back, we got two back doors. 
Okay. And I swear to you, every single night, there's a ghost that passed by the door. Every night. I know this sounds so dumb. <laughs> my mom and dad don't ever see it, but I see it every night. I see it pass through, like, the corner of my eye. And so I just start saying, hey, our yeah. ghost just passed through the door. And they're like, okay, cool, whatever. But yeah. for years now, that ghost has passed by that door. You know, I've had one of those same, uh, similar stories. Um, it hasn't really been... But... I, I also live with my parents, and it, it's a weird thing because they think just because I watch all these videos and this and that that ghosts aren't real. It's just you, you, you die, you go to heaven or hell, and that's the end of it. That's what they think. But but I have a deeper meaning behind it. Like, no, maybe the ones that had, like, traumatic death or they can't handle the fact that they're dead, maybe they're the ones that's here, you know. And for me, we live in my my mom's mom's house and so her dad lived here till he was like almost 90 so i will sometimes hear he lived in the bedroom opposite from me on the other end of me and sometimes i will hear these uh-huh. thumps and these knocks and like closet door closings and i'm like okay what is this i'm i'm home alone the dogs are outside the what, what is this happening and then a couple of days ago my mom actually felt something and was like, okay, maybe there is something here. So her dad died a long... I was five, so that was a long time ago. So she was actually coming out of her bedroom, and I was coming out of mine, and she said, Dylan, come here. And she said, walk in my room and walk out. And I said, okay. I walked in. I walked out. I was like, is the water heater burning? You know, I didn't know if something would caught on fire. And she said, I don't know. Go check it. It smelled like smoke. And so we went and seen it. It was actually one of her dad's old cigarettes that he had just sat there, and we completely forgot about it. It was really mummified and stuff, and I was like, that was one of the things where it was like, okay, this is really weird. Now now we understand that. <laughs> so, now, it could have been a big coincidence. That is weird. It, it could have been a big coincidence, sure, but that that's a, that's a big coincidence, giant coincidence, if that's true. Yeah, that's weird. That's uh. So, oh yeah, it, yeah, hair on the back of my neck stood up, and I was like, Ugh, I don't like, because, like, I'll read all these, I'll, I'll read these weird videos, or, or watch these weird videos, or read these books, and sometimes I get freaked out that I have to stop reading the book, and just wait until later to read it, because it's just like, you know, if, I, I'm not, I'm not a big, like, wuss, like, if I'm home alone, sure, I'll watch a scary movie, or that, or this, or that, but, if I'm reading something and it's like one of the things that happens to be true and it was freaky, and then it's just like, all right, somebody's probably watching me from my back. I better stop reading it so they can stop looking at me. It's it's just one of these weird things. I can't do scary movies. My parents and I watched scary movie last night. I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like that one wasn't because it was from like the eighties, <laughs> I guess. So it wasn't that bad. But I can't do scary movies. Big reason my dad, I, I get easily scared. So, like, we'll be watching the movie and my dad will go, bah! And it'll scare me off screen. <laughs> I think the worst incident I ever had, uh-huh. I was watching Insidious with a friend of mine. And he scared me and I screamed, a bloody murder, and I fell off the couch. And I was like, after that, I haven't, I haven't watched a movie, scary movie in years after that. What, do you just get nightmares? No, I just, I get, I get into my movies. When I watch a movie, I'm into it. Like, don't. 
don't bug me during the movie. Right. Unless it's one I've already seen, and then that's fine. But if it's a new movie, I'm into it. And so, with scary movies, see, I love going to haunted houses. Yeah. But I cannot stand for someone to scare me while I'm watching the movie. And I guess because part of me is like, one, you're distracting me. Two, I'm already scared. And three, I just screamed so loud, now I have to rewind it and maybe tell the neighbors that we're okay. Like, But it, but it, but it's also... They're going to think I'm getting killed. But it's also, you go into a haunted house or a haunted forest, and you're expecting to get scared. So you know you're going to be scared in that situation. Yeah. So... I do, I do okay at haunted houses. Like, right. I'm an easy target. Mm-hmm. There's been a, I'm definitely afraid of clowns. I don't mess okay. with clowns. I went to one, and my friend told the clown my name, and I tell you, I don't think I slept that night, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, the the secret to going into the scary the the haunted house or something like you just gotta act like you're not scared. Like we went into this one one time, and they had Jigsaw from the Saw movies, and he was riding a bike, and I'll you know I would yell out, "You want to play a game?" And he would get in your face, and you would just laugh right back with them, and they'll leave you alone the whole way because they know, "Oh, you're not gonna scare that guy." There's no sense in trying. Yeah. But all right, so I want to get into two more things here, and I'll get you off because I don't know how long we're gonna be here if we just keep chatting here. Um, <laughs> so you said you get into your movies. I have to get into my movies because. I do now this new thing on the podcast. Before, for an example, Faith, an episode will be up before your podcast the same day. And it'll be a movie review because I'm a big movie nerd as well as a music nerd. So I like watching these movies and giving reviews on it. And it it just gives a little extra, little extra for the podcast listeners. And so, what are some of your favorite movies of all time? Oh, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Oh, I've never seen them. Never seen them. What? I, I, I've tried to I'm watch... I'm sorry, that was very passionate right then. I'm sorry, well, what? No, no, the thing is, don't you have to watch them from like 12 back to 1? Don't you have to watch them out of order or backwards? Well, uh, uh, you don't really have to. That was a very struggled answer. No, you don't really have to okay. watch them out of order. Like, that's how it came out. But if you want to really understand it, I mean, you okay. can watch them in order. Okay. I mean, I mean, how I watched them, my dad showed them to me, was out of order. Okay. And, I mean, it depends on who you're with. Now, some people are going to be mad that I said you don't have to watch them out of order. Okay. <clears throat> That's how I watched them, was out of order. Okay. Slightly confused in parts of it, my dad explained it. And <laughs> you can do them out of order, it's up to you. Okay. But, yeah. And then I'm a big James Bond fan. John Connery is the only... Like, he is James Bond to me. Okay, you're gonna... I'm sorry, but this new guy's like the Batman of James Bond. I can't deal with it. He has no charisma. No charm. You're gonna make these podcast listeners want me to review Star Wars and James Bond, because I've never seen any of them. I've never seen Star Wars, never seen any James Bond. No, uh uh-uh. Oh, my word! What what in the world? And then, the last, I'm a big Marvel fan. Oh, my God. You're gonna get us down another rabbit hole. I'm the big, I'm a superhero nerd. Move... Not not comic book. I, I love the movies. The movies are where it's I at. I have some comic books, but I'm I'm big into the movies. So what? But what, I do have some comic books. What is one of your favorite Marvel uh, superheroes? Like me, my all-time favorite superhero of all time. Argue me up and down. I'm not going to change. Spider-Man. Spider-Man is my all-time favorite. Yeah. 
all-time favorite. Like, no one's ever going to touch Spider-Man, but Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man. No, see, I disagree. I, I, I disagree big time. Toby, That's Toby Maguire. Why? Toby Maguire is the... No! Toby Maguire is the best... Is the Stan best Lee even said himself that Tom Holland <laughs> is... Like, he is the embodiment of Spider-Man. Okay. I give you this. Tom Holland is the best teenage Spider-Man. Because Tobey Maguire was probably in his 30s when he made the movies. So, it does give Spider-Man a new teenage look with Tom Holland. I will give you that 100%. But to me, the best Spider-Man Spider-Man is Tobey Maguire. Yeah, but part of Toby's thing was him in high school, and I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, why is this 20, late 20-something 20 Yeah. in high school? And then, but then again, the whole cast was like, but then Andrew Bliss is like, he's too GQ, too moral you know, to be Spider-Man. Those, like, you're not a nerd. Those movies were to, those movies were so bad. Those movies were so, oh my god, I hated those Amazing Spider-Mans with Andrew Garfield. They were so terrible. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> But, um, so, have you seen the new Endgame, Avengers? Yes, I did. Holy. I have seen all the way up to the new Spider-Man movie. I've seen the new Spider-Man movie, too. That one was... Now, Endgame, I'm not gonna lie, I lost my crap during Infinity War. I luckily yeah, had yeah, it too yeah. in the theater. I watched it at my guitar player's house. Now, the thing and is... And I lost it. I ran in Infinity War. I ran into a spoiler for Infinity War, so I knew how it ended. So it, it didn't really take nothing out of you because you didn't really see it happen. You just know it's going to happen, don't know when or how. So I ran into the fact that they, yes, most of them disappeared. But then I stayed off the internet probably two months for in-game because I knew something big was going to happen. And I thought it was going to be Captain America, but by God it had to be Iron Man. In oh, I cried. I cried multiple times in that movie. I adore Iron Man, and you know, so I'm still upset. The movie is actually coming out on DVD next week, um, depending on when you listen to this, probably out. So I'm going to go ahead and give spoilers here. I cried four times in the movie. I cried when Black Widow died. I cried. I didn't. You didn't? But I did feel like Hawkeye. I didn't, but I feel like Hawkeye should have gone. I've never been like a big Hawkeye person. Me too. So, like... Me too. Oh, because... If they're going to make a Black Widow movie, you know her journey ends at Endgame, which I think was kind of dumb in, in that standpoint. Why? Because yeah. it, it would have been a better story if Hawkeye would have went and then his family came back and they're like, well, where's Dad? Well, he sacrificed his life for your life. That would have, to me, that would have made a whole better storyline go. Yeah. So what did you think about the new Spider-Man? Did you... I, I actually like this one better than Homecoming. Uh, I like it. I feel like the plot, like, could have been a little better as in... Sure, it was slow at some point. In the comics, Mysterio actually has the powers. But here it was like... Uh-huh. I don't know. I thought he did a good job of being a villain. But at the same time, I thought it was kind of lame to have to use all these drones. I'm sorry I'm spoiling stuff. No, it's if cool. you haven't seen it, then then don't hate on me. It's not my fault. But anyway, <laughs> the end was whack. However, I did absolutely adore when he's making the suit and Happy's looking at him like. Oh yeah, yeah. And it kind of flashed back to Tony there a little bit. I, I was real bummed out that Tony's voice wasn't. Yeah. I hated that it was what is it Friday? What is it? Yeah, Friday. I think. It? Yeah. Friday, Tuesday, Friday. Yeah, yeah. I hated that it wasn't Tony. I was like, that's so stupid. Well, 
But sure, but I also think Far From Home with 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 what's his name Ned? Yeah, the the his friend Ned. It was very cringy. Yeah. That was very cringy for me to watch. Um, him and uh, when he was dating that girl and on the trip. Yeah, that was that was like the Gen Z typical cringiness. <laughs> yeah. No offense. Uh, uh, apparently, I'm st- apparently I missed the deadline to be a millennial. I'm part of this generation, Gen Z, and I don't like it because they say yeet and they mean it. Right. So, um, real quick. I hate that I understand that. But go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say real quick. I'm gonna give my favorite movies of all time since you gave yours. Um, for some reason, don't hate, don't make fun. I love the Meet the Parents and the Meet the Fockers. I love those movies. I don't know what it is. I used to watch when I was younger. Oh, those are great. That's not judgment worthy. Now, if you just said like the Notebook, um, I probably would have picked on you a little bit. I've never seen that before, so I, I don't know. I've never seen that. Um. Obviously, the John Wick movies are freaking fantastic. Um, and then, I love the Men in Black movies as well. I, I recently, I just watched the, um, to me, I have a thing. I just watched the third Men in Black because it came out so long after the second Men in Black that I was scared that it was going to ruin it. Like, Dumb and Dumber 2, yeah. to me, that, that, was, that, was, that was crap. It, it ruined the first Dumb and Dumber for me. So now I'm like, oh, they came out with a Joe Dirt 2. Is it going to be disappointing for the first Joe Dirt to have a sequel? So now it's in between, like, yeah. should I watch it? Should I not watch it? I'm hesitant on sequels, but I've honestly never seen The Men in Black, so I've never seen any of those. So you can judge me for that one. I'm no, silently it, judging you for the Star Wars. And the <laughs> no, it's not really. Men in Black's not judge. You don't have to watch them, like... Like there's some movies where you just like you have to watch that. If you don't, then you're not gonna live. Like for me, Shawshank Redemption, one of the best movies of all time. One, fantastic. Um, so if like if it's like if you haven't seen that, seen you're not living until you've seen that movie. Okay, I'm, I'm dead right now. Then that sucks. <laughs> no, you're cool. Um, so last question here. Um, Album of all time. What is your favorite album of all time? Just if you could just pick one. Oh, mine. That's right. Mine is obviously take anybody out. Continuum. John Mayer from 2006. That is the best album of all time in my opinion that was ever made. Oh man, I can't answer your question. Um. Okay, well give me a couple. You don't have to be your favorite. Give me a couple. Make it easier. All right, I'm gonna go with the ones that I listen to a lot. So I listen okay. to Adele 25. Okay. What is that? Which one is? Is that the one with Hello on it? I'm not really familiar with Hello yeah. a lot. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, I listen to. Let's see. Let's see. Well, I have records. I listen to records a lot. So I have like the Eagles' greatest hits record. That counts. That counts. I'm all with that. I'm okay. all with that. And uh, let's see. Ooh, 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 ooh. My dad had this old Beatles record. Now, I can't tell you which one it is, uh-huh. but... It has a lot of that early stuff, like Star Stand in there. Um, great, now that I'm trying to remember all the songs are gone, but that one, I've listened to it a lot. And then a, uh, Sam Cooke, okay. Greatest Hits. What, does Greatest Hits really count as an album, though? Favorite album of all time? It really does. It really, it really does. Okay. If it is in an album form, I count it. Okay, all right, I'll take it. But it's, now, if you just give me like reboot, don't count. But I kind of okay. do. Okay. It depends on the reboot. 
Like Brooks and Dunn reboot, that totally counts. Absolutely. It counts? Oh, yeah. How does it Brooks, count? Brooks and Dunn. That was like Brooks and Dunn. Greatest hits. Now, those guys. Oh, wow. I did not mention them, but I adore <laughs> Brooks and Dunn. <laughs> But, but I'm still so going for how does a reboot album count? Because it's just greatest hits featuring other artists. Because they have slightly changed some of it. For example, Ain't Nothing About You with Brett Young. They right. changed the perspective. They're both saying about her. If you, I guess for me, if you have to change some of the originals and the reboot, I count it. Because it is slightly different than the original. So it's all right. It counts. But now, if it was the exact same and nothing at all really different, it was just like, hey, we're re-releasing these. They're like, cool, that doesn't count as a new album to me. But okay. that counts. I'll take Midland, it. Midland's great, too. Midland. I, you know, I've never listened to their album. I've never listened to a Midland Ooh, album. Oh, you need to listen to them. I can put you on some good Midland songs. Put the hurt on me. Dang. Good one. <laughs> Okay. You like those slow songs? That's where you need to go. Midland. Midland? All right, let me... What did you say it was? I'm going to write it down real quick. You said Midland what? Put the hurt on me. Put the hurt on me. Uh, burn out. I've heard that Drinking one. Drinking problem. Heard that one. Let's see. I've heard the radio ones. I haven't heard their album cuts. Now, one that's not really slow, but is good by them is At Least You Cried. That one's good. At Least You Cried? Yeah, that one's good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right, I got them down. I will let you know what I think when I listen to them. Okay. All right, so <laughs> last thing here. I'm going to go ahead. She had um, the Faith Bartle Band. They are playing at Pittsburgh, North Carolina at the Carolina Brewery, August 10th. They are playing at North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, August 11th. The Trailer Bar, Surf City, North Carolina, August 12th, and you can go see more of their shows where they're playing at at faithbartle.com. So, last thing I do here on the podcast, you you took hour and 20 minutes of your time out to do my stupid little podcast, so I'm going to take all the time you want, you put out your socials, you put everything you want out there, out there, where they can go, whatever you want, whatever you want them to, to know. Um, you can go to faithbardell.com. That's faith, and the last name is B-A-R-D-I-L-L.com. And you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reformation. They're all under the same name. And then you can find my music on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. And be sure to tell your friends, your family, and your enemies all about it. Thank you. <laughs> all right, cool, Faith. I appreciate you doing this for me. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Hey, it's Tina here, host of Hot Fox Podcast and producer of Big Shrimp Radio. Hey, 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 y'all, and it's Big Shrimp, host of Big Shrimp Radio of Big Shrimp Entertainment. Y'all like what you're hearing right now. Yes, so, go follow us on our socials at IMFZO5 at Hot Fox Podcast on Instagram. Also, Hot Fox Podcast on Facebook. 
And I am at big underscore shrimp underscore ENT on the Instagram and at big shrimp entertainment on the Facebook. Also, go give us a five star review on what you're listening to right now Apple Podcast. Contact us at time. This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this.